0: Brace yourselves, winter is coming. What the writers of Games of Thrones didn't want to tell you is that Bran was actually in a wheelchair because he didn't trim his balls with Manscaped. Poor guy thought it was okay to trim his balls with a traditional razor or hair trimmer. Not sure what you want as a gift for the holidays? Well, Manscaped is the ultimate gift, and they're here to change the men's grooming game. And you can get 20% off plus free shipping if you use the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. It is time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday. I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 4.0. The Performance Package 4.0 is the best in the business. This hygiene bundle includes the Lawnmower 4.0 Weed Whacker, Boxers, Travel Kit, and Liquid Formulations. The new Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer is waterproof with advanced skin safe technology to reduce nicks and cuts, and even has a light to help with you close shave down there. No need to have a red wedding situation next time you're going for a trim. The Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer can help you whack those nasty weeds in your delicate holes. This product also has proprietary skin safe technology to help prevent nicks, snags, and tugs. The performance package also includes Crop Preserver. It's deodorant for your balls to protect against chafing. Also, their Crop reviver Ball Toner will help keep your boys fresh at all times. Maybe you're on the other side of the wall and you don't know when your next shower is. No worries. The crop mop ball wipes are for you. Have smelly feet? Manscaped can help with their foot duster foot deodorant made to fight odors of the dirtiest feet. Want to smell good everywhere? The refined cologne by Manscaped is a clean and fresh scent designed for the refined gentleman. On top of everything, they've even thrown in the shed travel bag to carry your goods and the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs to hold the entire package together. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code unfiltered 20 at manscaped.com. During the winter, you may be spending more time inside with your balls. Might as well make them beautiful. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code unfiltered 20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code unfiltered 20 It's time to join the Manscaped movement. These products are snow joke. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 203. I am your host, Blaine Putve, and I'm joined now by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good afternoon. Treg Wilson is unable to be with us this, morning, uh, this afternoon. Uh, he sends his deepest sympathies to everyone for depriving you of his greatness. And that is a direct quote.
1: Sounds about right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no one is a bigger fan of Treg Wilson. Than Trey Wilson.
1: Maybe the mirror at the gym, but.
0: Yeah. 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 Fair. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> and while he's not here to defend himself from these chirps, please understand that these are chirps that we have already provided him in advance.
1: He's heard these so many times. Oh, my God. So gosh. many times. <laughs> it's
0: nonstop. If we let you people, uh, let everybody in on what our group chat looks like. Wow. all right so for this episode we're going to cover off uh, a little bit of the uh, the canadians last few games we're going to preview their their upcoming game with the uh, the bruins and there's been some you know additions to the injury list which is impressive considering how long that list is so first things first I'll just rhyme off a few names here and you tell me if uh, this seems like a lot. The Canadians' current list of injuries, Paul Byron, Carey Price, Shea Weber, Jake Allen is now day-to-day with an undisclosed injury. Uh, it looks like it could be a concussion. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Matsupero, Joel Edmondson, said that Nick Pocket. Uh, Jonathan Drouin, and Matthias Norlander is back from his conditioning stint, but he has yet to play a game. So that's... That's 10 people.
2: that's That's enough.
0: Yeah, the Canadians are, I believe, second now in the NHL for man games lost.
1: Yeah, I can believe that.
0: Which really hurts a team that was coming in with some holes in its lineup already to start the season, and coming off that uh, that playoff hangover, so they're not doing themselves any favors here. No. Now, and the first really... name. Go, ahead, go and, ahead. And the first name on that list is Carey Price. So we got a little bit of news on him, Matt. Why don't you fill us in?
1: I just hope that he's coming back soon. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it seems that he's, uh, he's starting to starting to skate a little bit and meet with the athletic trainers and everything. So hopefully that's going to lead to some good things and he's going to be back sooner than later. Um, still seems that we're not 100% sure when he's actually going to be back on the ice, practicing with teammates, if he's going to go to Laval for conditioning, et cetera, or if it's just going to be a fast track to, uh, to the NHL, especially with Allen down. Um, you know how Price is. He wants to be able to be there for his teammates. He wants to be able to play. And uh, if Allen's missing any period of time, he might just step up like he, like he does and, uh, and jump right back into game, uh, right into game shape. Who knows?
0: Well, the, uh, the latest word out of Montreal was that he had completed a, an off-ice workout doing a simulation of movements that goaltenders do. So I'm guessing up-downs and some side-to-sides on a, uh, on a slide board. And things seemed like they looked – they said they, that he responded well. So he might start on ice sessions in this coming week. So sometime probably by the next weekend, which doesn't do the Canadians any help
1: this week. It really doesn't. Um, It's it's positive news for a season that there has been a lot of positives to take out of, but it still doesn't, a short term doesn't really help them very much.
0: No. And I'd argue that um, long-term for the Canadians, long-term it's better that he takes his time. Despite the fact that Allen might be out for a a length of time, it might be better for the Canadians to deal with this season as it is, with all the injuries, all the holes in the lineup, and kind of just work through the year and get, uh, get the best pick possible and work on developing their players
1: and then get maximum result or maximum return for any upcoming UFAs or anybody that they can get anything for. We've heard Ben Sherrod's name out there quite a bit. And, uh, other than, a you know, other than some, uh, some gaffes, he's been one of the better defenders for the Canadians this year. So he can probably, he can probably get something in in, in a return for him.
0: Well, he is tied for the goal lead amongst all defensemen in the NHL. Yeah, And, uh, uh, Jason Paul, a uh, friend of the show, uh, he put out on Twitter, he asked a question, what makes you like Ben Sherratt so much? And that was more of a um, kind of a, a question as to why people wanted him re signed and kept on board. But my response to that is basically this. I like him a little bit more this year because he has stepped up his game. And is yep. making himself more valuable in a trade.
2: Yes.
1: When because a lot of guys on the blue line have not stepped up whatsoever. He's been one of the ones that's been noticeable. And yep. even though, yes, he'll take the penalty, he'll take this, he'll take that, and he has some gaffes in his game. Bench Rod isn't an offensive driven defenseman, but he's no. giving the effort. And, that's and, the so- and, and sometimes his physicality, because he gives a shit leads to some penalties or leads to some rough stuff after the whistle or anything like that. But consistently you can actually tell that he's one of the guys that's actually given a shit this season. When someone like Petrie we're going to talk to later on, he's been very inconsistent and he's already talked about doing too much and trying to find his game. And then we've, you know, he had a couple of good games and then, you know, he's, he's a, I like guess shell of his personal give like his old self he's not the defenseman yeah. that we thought was going to come into this season and uh kind of fill that void that uh, that Weber has left and really step up on the blue line and be that uh that number one defenseman that the Canadians are looking for
0: now with the difference between the two between Petrie and Sherratt uh I believe is this Petrie they're both trying to do more but Petrie's trying to sure. do too much whereas Sherratt when he's stepping up so to speak He's trying to do more, but he's doing it within his own yeah. um, skill set. You know, yeah. So he's he's a north-south player, so he's staying north-south. He, he steps up into the play a little bit, but not as much as he could. He's still playing it fairly safe. And yes, he's still overly aggressive at times physically, which just shows that he's trying to do a little bit more. But it's still within his skill set, which kind of takes us to Uh, The next point in the show, and that is the last three games by the Canadians. So the LA Kings game, the Calgary Flames game, and last night's Detroit Red Wings game. The Canadians as a whole in those three games have provided a much more complete effort. Um, It's by no means, you know, amazing, but
1: hasn't been perfect.
0: No, no, it hasn't. But the effort level is there. You can tell the, the, the gaff is, is high. They, the give a fuck factor is there. They care. They're putting in that second effort. They're, they're, tr- they're trying to play at a, a higher pace and it's, it's showing in the outcomes because they're, they've gotten points in all three games. Now you could argue that they could have possibly have won both overtimes that they had lost. You could, I, I I wouldn't, but you could argue it. Um, and the Calgary game was just an impressive show of uh, will. They showed that they yeah. wanted that game more.
1: Even though they went down, they they played they played hard. They and it was a it was one of those games that you were looking forward or you were looking for. You wanted them to you wanted them to dig down a little bit and finally they did.
0: Exactly. And, and it, it was it was kind of led. All of this has been led basically by Nick Suzuki.
1: Yeah, he's played phenomenal the last few games. He started off a little bit slow and, you know, he kind of got some uh, mean tweets thrown his way from different people saying that he's not worth the contract that he signed and everything. And all of a sudden he's shutting people up and some people are discussing his name, even though it might be a long shot as a dark horse to make the Olympic team because he's a player that can play in all situations.
0: I would say if, and by and this is a big stretch. It's a big if. It's capital I if. If yeah. he were to make it, he would be as a, a, one of the extras. Yeah. But even and then, he even would then. play on a fourth line, right wing yeah. kind of thing.
1: No, yeah. But even then, it would be yeah. like look at what that would do to his confidence.
0: Just the fact that he's being mentioned. Yes. I think is a big deal.
1: Yeah.
0: And he is factor. He has been basically. The driving force of all the offense for the Canadians yeah. over the last, what, two weeks? Yeah. So, I mean, that bodes well. Like he's playing to the level of his extension already.
1: Yeah. Well, the Canadians have scored 34 goals this year, which is not a lot.
0: No, and he, and, he factors and, into six points. And,
1: and, and he has 14 points. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: So, what right. is that? That's, so. about,
1: that's
0: about 45%.
1: That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He didn't, now, earn that con- didn't earn that contract, though.
0: <laughs> he, he is showing that he is earning that contract. And it's not just that, not just the points. He has been more consistent with his uh, two way play. He has been able to win more face offs consistently. Uh, he was close to 60% in the face-off circle against Detroit last night, which is a big step up last year. He was hovering around 45 to 48% through the year. And now he's, he's about 50, maybe a little bit more overall. So that that's pushing and he's only 22. He just turned 22. So this is a good sign for the Canadians going forward. So that that's us trying to find a silver lining in this gong show of a season. Yeah. Uh, another silver lining, uh, I think recently has been Ryan Palin. Yeah.
1: He deserved his call up after, you know, he, he, started the season very well with LaValle and he went down with the injury and it was like, oh shit, here we go again.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
1: Because that's what seems to happen to him. It happened last year. He was playing well. All of a sudden he was injured and that was kind of a, you know, season went away this season. He started off well, got injured. Holy shit. It's going to happen again. But he came back and he, he played well in the games that he returned and he earned the call up. Obviously, uh, losing like a, a number one center like Cedric Paquette definitely, <laughs> you know, definitely helped his chances of getting called up. But um, Paling is, is he's looked impressive in the last couple of games that he's played. Uh, scored his first goal of the season last night, he was assisted by Pizzetta, who picked up his first uh, career NHL point, you, you? who I thought who I thought skated hard throughout the night, even though he only played about eight minutes. He was, he was noticeable, took a couple penalties, but he was noticeable on the ice for when he was there. He showed some good um, bursts of speed and uh, we'll see when uh, some of these um, healthy bodies come back. Eventually Uh, guys like Perot. Guys like Drew, et cetera, who's going to be the first guy that gets going to get sent down? Is it going to be a Pizzetta? Is it going to be a uh, a Belzil, et cetera?
0: Yeah. And I think I think Paling is making his case to stay.
1: I think um, he is too.
0: Absolutely. He um he he barely played 10 minutes in his first game. Yeah. But he looked good. Like that fourth line was is yeah. clearly an AHL line. Him, yes, Belzil and Pizzetta. But they generated a ton of energy yeah. getting pucks into the offensive zone, keeping it down there, generating some shots, throwing a couple of big hits, and yeah. then last night's game against Detroit, uh, doing the same, but generating some actual offense yeah. and uh, that line with paling as the center, paling was over 60 percent with his expected goals for. Yeah.
1: And we saw in his, that uh, in what and and minutes. When Le- Leckenham went down after he made that incredible no-look pass to Weidman to tie the that game. That was gorgeous. gorgeous. It was gorgeous. Yeah, it just looked like it was in slow motion. Um, but after he went down, that led a, a gap on the wing. So we saw Palin take a couple shifts on the wing with, uh, with Evans and Armia. Uh, while that was, instead of them just using a winger like Pizzetta or Belzile, they used, uh, they used palings kind of sparingly until yeah. Lekinem was back on the bench.
0: And they also kind of spotted him uh, some different lines and combinations after penalty kills and power plays. And he included yeah. some power play time. So sure. he is, he's earning more of the coach's uh, uh, trust, it would seem. and and, he sh- and he's showing that he belongs because when he's given those opportunities, he's noticeable. He is, yeah. uh, he's playing within his, his set, which I think is extremely important for a young player, especially one that wants to actually stick with the team. Yeah. He's not, co- he's not going to be concerned about having to be the guy to carry a team, just play your game. Yeah. Um, and he's doing it. And, and as for Pizzetta, I love the fact that Pizzetta got his first point, you know, being uh, the former captain of the Sudbury wolves, my hometown team, I loved watching that and I'm starting to get kind of tired of the penalties that they're calling on him. Cause yeah, it seems some of them like, are a little much. Yeah. It's like, oh, Alan didn't tag up at third base, so the yellow card was thrown and the ruling is in Pizzetta gets two minutes for a uh, hair gel violation. Like what the yeah, hell man?
1: some of it's a little bit weird. Some yeah. of it's just like and this happened against I think it was against Calgary. I tweeted about it. Yeah. When everyone just kind of like rushed him. And yeah. he was the one. He was the one in the middle, and all, and he was you know, and he's the only one that took the call.
0: There was four flames jerseys piled yeah. on top of him, and they pulled yeah. them all off. And they're like, you know what? You at the bottom.
1: It's your <laughs> that <fault."> guy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Go to the box, Mister. Your hair is so gorgeous. I'm yeah. jealous. Yeah. <laughs> that should be the name of the show: Pizzetta's Hair. You know, yeah. like <laughs> yeah. I swear they're jealous of his hair. But more to the the, the Detroit game itself um going back to that the game started off extremely well for the canadians that first period they played very strong uh and then petrie trying to do too much again ends up pushing dylan larkin off balance and larkin just just runs over jake allen like allen had no chance to set himself for that collision or prepare himself whatsoever yeah. And I'm not blaming Dylan Larkin. I want to make no. it
1: very clear no, no no, not at all he
0: he maybe he could have tried to jump out of the way more, but I mean, we're talking to like a, a tenth of a second here so. I can't see how the argument for Dylan Larkin to try and avoid that is is valid at at yeah. that speed. Yeah. I can't see it
1: and the and like as you said, Petrie on that play was trying to push too much yeah and the play itself wasn't, wasn't looking that bad. And then all of a sudden he just kind of pushes the puck up the ice and loses it, loses a foot race with a guy that can really skate.
0: Oh, one of the be- one, right. Skate one of them, right.
1: It. One of the best in the league. Oh yeah. And all of a sudden he just pushes him and he torpedoes into Jake Allen and we know the rest from there.
0: Yeah. And now uh, Jake Allen, he, uh, he shook it off and he stayed in, Yeah, but he uh, he end, he ended up getting pulled out and it's not because he said that he felt you know anything at all yeah but the the concussion spotter did yeah. did pull him out um after the game uh ducharme was talking about uh about jake allen and mentioned that as the night wore on uh he, he started to feel a little bit worse so yeah i'm not i wouldn't be surprised if he misses a few days, maybe a week with uh, concussion like symptoms.
1: Yeah. Well, he took the impact and then obviously his helmet came off as well. Yeah. And it looks like his head kind of hit the bar. I'd have to go back and look at it, but uh, you know, the helmet came off and you just, you just hope that the guy's going to be okay because yeah. this is not a position that the Canadians need to lose a body.
0: <laughs> no, no. Right? Uh... It, it
1: was bad before. Like we went through the list earlier. But this is a position that they do not need to lose another another goalie because a guy like Montembeau, he's not going to be the guy that's going to be able to, uh, you know, hold down the fort until so until either Price or Allen comes back and uh, reclaims the number one spot.
0: Yeah, see, I've been I've been fairly vocal that I would have just called up McNiven to to play as that backup role, but claiming Montembeau on the uh, the waiver wire made it look like. Bergevin was doing something and when Montembeau stepped into that game it's not like the uh the Canadians did him any favors either that's true he's been sitting on a bench for what a week and a half not playing and then you just throw him in mid-game and say well best of luck
1: yeah but you look at the goals that he gave up the first one he gave up hug your post right (laughs) stand up hug your post don't go down there's no way there's no reason he had to go down early in my opinion And it was a well-placed shot. We saw, well, fuck, we saw Caulfield do it earlier in the day. Yeah. It was was a shot from pretty much the goal line. And it went over, right? Exactly. And it went in. So that one there, I was a little bit skeptical of. And the second one, he got a piece of it, but it still made it through. And that was less than a minute later.
0: Yeah. And that was the first two shots he faced.
1: That's right. And then after that. He kind of held down the fort, made some big saves. And then uh, overtime was just kind of a debacle. Like it looked good for a little bit. Unfortunately, a turnover leads to a 2-1-1 up the ice, scramble, scramble. And, uh, you know, he's got a wide open net to shoot at, right? So.
0: Yeah. And that, that overtime, that's that. I, I don't blame overtime, but whatsoever.
1: I don't for overtime. I don't. No, No, no,
0: no, no. Uh, I have some sympathy for the first two goals he gave up simply because, you know, like he, he, you leave a guy on a bench for a week and a half, no playing time, and you just throw him in mid game. You're, that's the kind of stuff you're going to get with a guy who is, is an AHL call up. That's right. Borderline backup. Yeah.
1: I was hoping because he came into the game. At the like the last minute of the uh, first period, I thought maybe get a little workout in, get warmed up, get stretched out, whatever, um, during the intermission, come in, be a little bit loose, et cetera. That was not the case.
0: No, but after the, uh, after he let in the two goals, I think he had the right mindset. He said, you know what? I can't change anything that's already happened. I'm just going to focus on what I need to do next. And and he held the, he held it down and the Canadians were able to, to get that goal. uh, Thanks in large part to uh, Arturi Lekkonen's yeah. amazing back, no yeah, look absolutely. backwards pass. And it
1: was a hell of a shot by Weidman, who I think yeah. in total, really, he be probably played one of his better games of the season. I think so. And uh, that kind of gets me to my next point. And we've we didn't talk about overtime up till the other day because they only played, they had only played their first game. Yeah. In overtime. Now you've got another one. And once again, we saw Jeff Petrie we saw Sherrod, and then we saw a goal on the other side of the ice.
0: Yeah, the personnel decisions for 3 on 3 overtime yeah. continue to And
1: battle. this was a problem and this was a problem when Julian was on there as well.
0: They they're not they're not playing to win. They're playing it yeah. safe.
1: Yeah. Because we see we see like they bring out their first line and they're like okay These are the guys that we think are going to score. These are guys going to be the best, give us the best opportunity to win. After that, it's like defensive line. And then it's like, okay, let's put Petrie back. Okay. Defensive line. Like with how like Weidman is not the do all end all offensive minded, amazing end to end player. However, with the game that he had, he scored a very nice goal. He had any assistant on Paling's goal. Give the guy a shift.
0: That's all. Yes. I, that's
1: all I'm going to say.
0: In, in you in a three on three overtime, I am, I, I, I can't understand how Weidman didn't get a shift or Romanov didn't get yeah. time, uh, get some yeah. time out there. You look yeah. across. You look across to Detroit, and they, they started with a line of uh, Cider and Bertuzzi and Larkin. So they went with speed, skill, mobility. Yeah. they they were playing to win. Yeah. You know, and it worked. That's so right. why can't the Canadians take out a line of like throw out a line of uh, Suzuki and uh, put Romanov or Wyman out there? Like you, they've there's there's a ton of heck Paling. You could have put Paling out there. He he was having a great game, yeah. good speed. Why not? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not frustrating, like, it's frustrating
1: uh, to watch. It gets to overtime, he, and you're pretty much hoping that the Canadians get through the overtime. Yeah.
0: yeah but then you look at it, <laughs> You're like, if they get through, it's a shootout. Yeah. Damn it.
1: I give them a better chance at a shootout <laughs> than winning overtime though.
0: Yeah. And Motenbo would probably have a better chance of stopping a one-on-one. Right. So. Yeah. But overall, I thought the Canadians in these last three games compared to the beginning of the season have been a much different hockey team. And yeah. it's, it's showing a lot better now they play boston tonight Uh, as we record it's uh three o'clock eastern the canadians are going to be playing at seven o'clock eastern against boston they've called up caden primo who are who has joined the team in boston primo played college for northeastern in boston and i am fully on board with putting him in net to play tonight. I mean, you you do the call up. You don't call up a guy just to sit on a bench. If you're going to do a call up of someone to sit on a bench, it should have been McNiven. So if you're calling up Primo, it's to play him. That's my opinion. Yeah.
1: So I've got a quick, uh, I got a stats here and then I'm going to get into a little bit of team comparisons kind of to get into the next game. Uh, So Primo this year uh, he's made nine appearances uh, came in, I guess, on a relief in one of the games and uh, four and four this year with a 2.41 goals against a 916 save and he's got two shutouts. So respectable numbers for sure. Um, seems to be playing with a little bit more confidence as is the team. Um, they're not the powerhouse that we saw last year with uh, with Boucher or not Guy not, um uh, Joel Bouchard being yeah. the, uh, being uh, behind the bench. Um, however, they're still playing pretty decent hockey. So looking at the Canadians game tonight, so against the Boston Bruins, um, likely we're gonna see not Jake Allen, let's just say that. And um we look at a little bit of a team comparison, which is a little bit uh, a little bit hard to believe. The Canadians have played more games than Boston. Boston's only played 12 games and uh Montreal's played 16. Um but right now you look at goals for Montreal's only got 34 goals this year, which is 28th in the league. Boston's only scored 35 goals. Yes, there's less games. They've only scored, but they're 27th in the league. Power play. Uh, Montreal's 28th. Boston is sixth. Penalty kill. Montreal's 29th. Boston is 13th. Goals against. I'll throw that up there one more. Montreal is thirtieth, and Boston is sixth. So a team that can't score playing against a team that can stop pucks and can score on the power play. So we'll see how tonight goes. I'm I'm really I'm kind of with you that I'd like to see. I don't really want to see Montembeau in kind of a back to back situation. Even though that Primo played yesterday, I'd give him the start, and then hopefully um, come Tuesday, I believe they play the Rangers. I'm not gonna, you know, I'll cross my fingers that Alan might be back in time for that, but maybe it'll, it would give uh, a a couple days to recover and relax. And then maybe he would get that start if, if Alan isn't back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be a solid plan if they followed that plan. I think that yeah. would, that would actually be a very good way to go. Uh, but for me, uh, for me, the biggest the biggest reason that I would want Primo playing tonight is because this is his return to Boston. Yeah. You know, it, we've yeah. seen how many times have we seen some no name, uh, unknown call up AHL backup goaltender for any given like any insert name of team here yeah. gets called up to play in Montreal and then pitches a friggin' shutout or something.
1: If he's French, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Or he's gonna score a hat trick.
0: Yeah. yeah. Or he's a French goaltender who pitches a shutout with a hat-trick.
1: Like yeah. It's just, yeah. it, it's If ridiculous. it's against Montreal, it'd probably happen. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's ridiculous how it works that way. It's that motivation factor. And I think in Primo's case, that could actually work to Montreal's favor. Yeah. Someone who's played in Boston, playing for Northeastern. I think the last time he played there, they won the bean pot, which is a big deal for teams in Boston to win. and. Playing in TD Garden means something to him, so why not? Why yeah. not give him the start? He'll be motivated. Give it to him.
1: The thing I'm looking at is both teams are coming off a of back-to-back. Yeah. Or they're both they're they're both playing in a back-to-back situation, so they're not going to be playing a rested team. The only thing is, is that Pasternak, Bergeron, and Marsha are playing the way that they can play. They they're playing very well. Marshawn's got 18 points this season. Bergeron's got 13 points, and Pasternak's got 12 in, tw- in 12 games so far. And then you still got you look down their lineup, and you've got you know you've got guys like Taylor Hall, you've got Felino, et cetera, et cetera. They, they've got they've got depth. They're not uh, you know blowing people out of the water like we expected them to, but they're kind of I'm not going to say in a mini rebuild. Their defense definitely is, but yeah. um, you know, obviously, you got Swayman and Allmark and Ned instead of Tuka Rask. But we'll, well you, see. How, we'll see how this. We'll see. How, we'll see how it goes tonight. It could be one of those games that the Canadians need to say we're playing a division rival, and we will we're playing someone that's been a pretty damn big rival throughout the year. So maybe that's going to be the extra motivation that they need. But a lot of the guys that they were rivaled with are no longer with the team anymore.
0: No, but this is, this is the Canadians biggest rival. You, no. you people can argue it's Toronto, but that's not no, the case. It's this not.
1: Is, it's, that's fabricated.
0: Yeah. That's this fabricated is, for sure. there's a history of playoff games between these two teams. Uh, I think these, these two teams have met in the playoffs the most out of any two teams in the NHL. There is an actual rivalry here. Players hate each other. There's, there's still a little bit of an overlap of some players yeah. who have actually played against each other in the last few years. Uh, and, and namely that perfection line with the uh, led by Bergeron. Yeah. They've, they've been, they've been in this rivalry for a few years themselves. So I can see the motivation for the two teams. Um, and for tonight's game, that motivation is going to be a, fa- a huge factor as well. Who's in net. Is it going to be Swayman or is it going to be Elmer? Because yeah. If it's, if it's Swayman, Swayman is their, their rookie, but he is by far the better goaltender of the two.
1: He's played better, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. and if it's Ulmark, the Canadians have a little bit more of a chance because he has been, um, even though he's their veteran, the guy that they brought in to kind of be the starter, he yeah. hasn't really taken the, taken the reins on that. They've been going back and forth on their games and no one's really taken over yeah. the job.
1: So Swayman, Swayman played yesterday, the five, two win, uh, Boston beat Boston beat Boston beat the devils yesterday and Swayman made 27 saves. So So
0: more than likely it's going to be all marked tonight. And he is, he's, um, you know, he's got over three goals, uh, three goals against he's, he's hovering at around 900 with a save percentage and he gives up a weak goal, like a banana almost every game. So that, that could help the Canadians, especially in a back-to-back, um, and that's another reason why I'm hoping they throw Primo in, because if you have you have a young guy who's that motivated to play in a in, in a place that means something to him, that could incentivize the skaters to step up their game a little bit more. Very much so. So that that's my hope for tonight's game. Um let's see, do you, do you got any? The one th-
1: the one thing I'm hoping for? Is I really hope they fucking get rid of that Kulak-Sabard pair. I've brought it up <laughs> so many times last night, but last night like, they were minus two last night, and the Romanov-Weidman line was a plus two.
0: You know what I don't, kind of... but,
1: but but I don't think they're going to take Sharat away from Petrie. because right now Sharat's kind of sheltering Petrie.
0: What I could see happening is they've been looking for a game to get uh, Norlander in. So I could see him taking Kulak's
1: spot tonight. It could be. Yeah. And if that's, if the only thing is, if that's the case, do you put him in right away with a guy like Savard? Yeah. Or, or do you, or do you move Romanov up with Savard like he was before and you kind of use that third line more sparingly?
0: Me personally, I would put, Romanov with Savard, but knowing Ducharme, when he swaps somebody out with someone who was scratched, he puts him in the exact same. Yeah,
1: way. which is unfortunate.
0: Yeah, instead of you know making adjustments based on recent play, which is why I would think if they were to swap Kulak out and bring Norlander in, Norlander would play with Savard. And there's another reason as to why he would do it. Savard his veteran stay-at-home guy, and Norlander's this would be his first NHL game. So he would want him to be supported. So I can see that happening in a game like today, you know, it's a back-to-back. He knows that the other team has played back, is in a back-to-back. So it might be an opportunity for him to, to showcase himself a little bit because they really do want to see what he has.
1: Yeah. So I've got a quick tweet here from Renaud Lavoie. We talked about injuries said Joel Edmondson should start practicing with his teammates later this week. If everything is going to plan, Paul Byron's rehab is going on schedule and he should be back sometime at the end of December. So it's still, you know, troops are on their way, but yeah, by December, you know, most of the season is lost. (laughs) So we're, 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 we'll, we'll wait and see as of right now we have we still don't know who's going to start tonight so we're all obviously going to speculate um i you know what throw primo in give him the give him the opportunity if, if uh, especially playing in boston um, i would like to see norlander in but i wouldn't be surprised if uh, on a back to back that he would be in but at the same time we never we don't know with you charm anymore we're, we're really not sure so i don't think there's going to be other uh, Personally, I don't think they're going to make any changes to the lineup.
0: Well, uh, drouet this morning, he uh, he skated for about 40 minutes. Uh, yeah. So there's talk that he might play tonight. Yeah. Like the skate that he put in wasn't a hardcore skate. It looked more like a game day skate. Uh, I'm just looking at video from uh, Malcolm Pedro from TVA. Um, so from today's skate in Boston. If he slots in, that would be a big boost for the Canadians offense. That'd be a
1: big, it'd be a big boost, and then you would see a lot of changes in the lineup.
0: Who would you th- personally? I would take Bill Zill out, but yes, who so would, would you too. take out? Bill Zill. So that would shift people down a line as well. Yes. Yeah. So you'd put Drewane back in his line with Dvorak yeah. and Anderson. More than likely. Yeah. So that would yeah. probably move someone like. Uh would you would you put Armia down a line or would you put Lekanid down a line?
1: I'd probably I'd call. probably I'd probably do it because I think that Evans Evans could use the uh, the guy that can make a little bit of space for him on the boards. Yeah. They could be a tougher defensive. They then you would have kind of more or less two defensive lines that can maybe pop one. Especially against a team like Boston. Uh, and
0: I and I I agree with you, but the reason I would put Lekkinen down on the line with uh, with Paling and Pizetta is because those two have been playing uh, more up tempo and yeah. more energetic. And I think Lekanen fits in better. Yeah. So I, I the reasoning for keeping Armia with Evans, I agree. That's that's an excellent reason, but I, I would add that putting Lekanen down with paling and Pizzetta. Who,
1: who drops out of the top six exactly who to Foley?
0: Um, I would say ready. to Foley stays in the top six because it's against Boston they're a little bit more defense you you, you want your defensively sound players in your top six and Hoffman has some deficiencies there
1: yeah. even so you though drop drop Hoffman down with yeah. Evans and uh, Evans and uh, Ermia
0: yeah and then you, you play him on your top power play obviously
1: and your second power play if you have to
0: (laughs) Uh, you know honestly the power play I've noticed that um we'll we'll switch to that now um they uh, Ducharme has been playing his power play for that first wave for about a minute and a half I think that's that's a and it's showing that it's it's actually improving that's that's important I think that's an important point to 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 show off is that while they're not scoring as many goals as you would want and you mentioned their, their percentages, uh, I would say, what's the word abysmal.
1: Yeah. (laughs) The thing is their puck movement has got so much better, Yeah. but it's always the extra pass that they have to make. And it's usually not the defense get like fucking, like fucking it up for them. It's them doing it themselves. They're like, oh, well, I'm going to make the extra pass. And then, you know, it tips off someone's stick and goes out of the zone or they make this no-look pass or they make this uh, pass back to the blue line and the the defenseman's nowhere near it because you've only got one guy back and it just gets thrown into a, an open void, right? But I do like the puck movement. I like how they're, getting, they're generating some more chances and they're setting up a little bit faster.
0: Yes. The only downside, like right now, they're actually providing – Better offensive zone time. They're getting some shots on net. Uh, they're generating momentum from yeah. the power plays. What I don't like is the fact that all the shots are coming from too far uh, too far outside. They're yeah. from the top of the circle or
1: just yeah. inside the top of the circle. It's not just the Petrie slap shot anymore, but well, a lot. No. Yes, a lot of them are. Um, and last night, I sat here and watched the game and. Uh, I was like, here comes that patented, uh, patented Suzuki move. And on, on point, (laughs) on point, he does it. And uh, that's not a knock against Suzuki. I love him, but um, he's got that one move and he, and he loves using it. And um, yeah, I I can tell it's a lot of top of the circle shots and everything. And there are a few guys on the team that can make those shots, but uh, they just, they need to just, you know, score a couple of those dirty goals.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Tafoli down on the goal line is looking pretty solid. Yeah. What I would change though is I would I would uh, swap Suzuki and Hoffman's sides. Yes. In that one, three, one because yeah. they're playing on, uh, like Suzuki's on his on his off wing, but he's yeah. not the shooter. He's the he's the guy that generates the the chance. You want yeah. Hoffman with that one timer on yeah. his off wing to make the one timer more effective. Sure. Yeah. That's the one change I would make there. And I well, think what they're
1: probably do. they're going to listen to this before the game and they're going to be oh, like, yeah. we should probably put Armia on that one side and Savard on the other. <laughs> they probably would. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: so uh, the, one, but- the one thing they're missing still, though, is that net front presence. And that's not a knock on Gallagher. Love Gallagher, but they're still missing that net front presence. And I think they're missing a guy kind of like Perry. I think they're kind of missing him and uh, kind of what he brought. He brought a little bit of uh, um, some size. Uh, He obviously brought that nastiness in front of the net. Get under your skin. But he was the guy that would bang three or four times for rebounds and everything like that and kind of made it kind of made it difficult on the goaltender. They're kind of missing that this year. Like that big bodied, that big
0: bodied, greasy net kind of thing.
1: And there was always that play that he would have his back to the goalie. They'd play it and he'd kind of spin it or tip it in or throw it between his legs or whatever. And yeah. it worked yeah. right. Yeah. It got, it got a little predictable, kind of like Suzuki's move, but at the same time it worked.
0: Cause it wasn't the only play. Yes. They had the Suzuki shot. They had yeah. the Perry net front, greasy, dirty, Worm type player, <laughs> yeah. and then you had the the Shea Weber bomb. So they yeah. had three options. Whereas now uh, you got the Hoffman shot, and then you got maybe a net front guy and Petrie wailing slap shots off people's shin guards. Yeah. So it's not it's not as effective, yeah. but it's improving.
1: Yeah, and we've also seen like Sherrod was on the power play the other night. And it wasn't like a tail end thing. It was like, he was yeah. out there and like, that might just be, well, we need a defenseman out there and you're scoring goals. we may as well throw you out there,
0: play the hot hand. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. You know, honestly, I would like to, see, what I would like to see is a little bit of um, Burroughs trying something different. Take a page out of the Bruins books. Yeah. Like it, it, having the Canadians play the Bruins tonight made me think of this, what they used to do with Chera throw him in front of the net
1: he was they used just to do the a, same they used to do the same thing with Justin Bufflin. That's right yeah
0: yeah with uh, Chicago and then Winnipeg.
1: yeah was um, Bufflin was the size of three players in front of the net so
0: <laughs> <laughs> something like that throw Sherrod in front. I mean he's a big guy yeah. he's greasy he he doesn't have the hands of a, of a Corey Perry whatsoever. It's right but, but try moving him that yeah. there's some effort involved so yeah. try something. Okay. just try something <laughs> that's my point um but before we sign off do you have any predictions for t- for tonight
1: i can't say that i don't i'm not even gonna make one for this one because oh. i don't know who's gonna i don't even know who's gonna start in it
2: we'll make if that I knew who,
1: all right i will i will think i'm gonna say primo's gonna start tonight okay if they call them up if they call them up they're gonna start them tonight and they're gonna give Machambo the night off and if alan misses any time he'll play on tuesday against the rangers
0: okay and my i'm prediction, not gonna say i'm not gonna say a
1: score prediction though
0: no <laughs> my prediction is going to be that if anyone listens to the uh, the nesson broadcast they'll get pissed off by just how much of a homer edwards is <laughs> there you go there's my yeah. prediction yeah <laughs> it, it, people were complaining about the Sportsnet broadcast last night against detroit it's still going to be much better than that garbage from nesson like that was bad last night. <laughs> it was wow. Like pretend like you're, you know, blink twice if you're if you're been kidnapped. You know, like my God, yeah. put some energy into this.
1: Yeah, I did. What I did like about that though, is most of that was driven by Gary Galley. but uh, but Rob Foles, <laughs> Rob Foles was called up, and I thought he played. I thought he did a tremendous job calling that game last night. There you go. He did a very, very, very good job. If uh, if you guys don't know who he is, he's usually a guy that calls games um, for the Canadian Hockey League. Yeah. Usually you see him out there with RJ Broadhead and Sam Constantino and all them. He's usually the uh, the guy on the ice with the players uh, doing interviews. And yes, he does call the occasional game. But uh, I thought he I thought he did a really good job last night. He made he made Gary Galley look good.
0: No, we didn't. No, no (laughs) one can do that. And that's that's who that's basically who I'm pointing at. Like, come on,
1: man! I know what you mean.
0: Pretend like you're being paid to do this. Yeah. Like, okay, well, these two guys. (laughs) Yeah, it was. Step it up, dude. Yeah. Although, if he is doing tonight's game, Gary galley will be hardcore into this game.
1: (laughs) Of course he will.
0: (laughs) Not saying because he's an ex-Bruin or nothing, but you know, because he's an ex-Bruin um all right so any final thoughts
1: uh the only thing I want to pass on before I know you're gonna talk about something um Maybe. is is the um the interview last night on after hours with uh Robin Leonard and um, for me it's a shame that it was on after hours and I know yes they were the late game last night they played the Canucks but uh, if you haven't had the opportunity to see it, head on over to Sportsnet and check out the uh, After Hours with um, Scott O'Keefe and McIntyre, and they had Robin Leonard on there as their um, as their guest, and uh, spoke at length about uh, mental health and what's changed in goalie development, uh, his discussions with Kyle Beach, etc., and. Even though it was late last night, I sat down, I watched it, and I watched the whole thing. And um, I'm going to put it up on my Twitter account at SnakeBite350. Um, I'll, even, uh, I'll even pin it so people can see it. And uh, it's definitely something to take a look at. And you can tell that, uh, you know, he's not just pulling this out of his ass. Like The guy legitimately cares, and he's become one of the, uh, the spokesmen, let's just say, for uh, culture change, and uh, especially in the mental health side of the game. And uh, I think we need more players like that. And I think it's a, it was a great interview. So definitely check that out.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm gonna, I'll share that as well. Uh, once, once you post it, I'll, sh- I'll share yours. Um, I, I agree. It's important for everyone to uh, have a listen. <clears throat> um, for me, uh, my final thoughts will be uh, we're still selling our shirts and our, our merch sales. Oh, you got something? Commercial? No. Yeah, so uh, our merch sales are um, all the profits go to Vets Canada. So please purchase these shirts, uh, You know, share them with family, but they make great Christmas gifts um, and every penny of the profits will go to Vets Canada. Also, uh, 514 Shirts is a small business uh run by a uh, an independent company out of Montreal and it's it's like a mom and pop store so we're trying to help a small business as well as help vets canada so buy the shirts great presents share them around uh help some veterans help a small business out you'll feel good wearing it they're good shirts they're great shirts actually they're
1: very co- they're very good quality shirts
0: yeah um also if you are looking to purchase tickets to any sporting event or concert, go to seatgiant.ca, use the code unfiltered20 and save 35% on your fees. Uh, no-name hockey. I use, I use no-name hockey equipment quite often, and it's they're great, great hockey sticks. Uh, they're custom made, and you can save 10% on any purchase there using the code HABS10. So. Check uh, check that out, especially the uh, the T-shirts help some veterans out. So I want to thank everyone for listening. You guys, uh, we've gotten all kinds of emails and uh, DMs, you know, sending us tips and pointers, and we're, we're going to be doing uh, a mailbag coming up here soon. So the questions that you've been sending, we're going to try and add them into a show. So please keep sending them. We're going to tweet something out here in the next day. And... We're going to try and tackle whatever your thoughts are. And we'll talk about those because you guys help make the show what it is. We enjoy interacting with you. And remember, if you were talking about it, so are we. EBS unfiltered has special sponsors. Uh, go to seatgiant.ca to save 35% on all your fees when purchasing tickets to NHL, CFL, Major League Baseball, concerts, whatever event Sea Giant sells, use the code UNFILTERED20, save 35% on your fees. Go to builtbar.ca and save 10% using the code UNFILTERED20 on your purchases online. Go to East Coast Lifestyle and use the code UNFILTERED20 to save 20% off your purchase of any clothing at East Coast Lifestyle. Also, Lift Life Go to liftlife.ca and use the code HABS10 to save 10%. And for a special promo until Christmas, Habs Unfiltered will be selling t-shirts in conjunction with 514 shirts. If you purchase one of our shirts, the entire profit for the sale goes to Vets Canada. Vets Canada does work to... And veterans homelessness across Canada. So let's help a great cause and wear a great shirt. <laughs>